Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey everybody, welcome to the Bowlology Report. It's a bit of a World Cup theme, just generally about the heat, Bradley Hodge, isn't it? Mm, yeah, absolutely. About to change. Yep. But luckily we had these on offer. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, you've got your, that's your England shirt. Yeah, which, which is was, great in hot conditions. And it's, 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 there's nothing to it. There's no material to that. Uh, um, we went through the materials last week. I've kindly got mine signed by the superstars of yeah. Australia, which is pretty oh, well, cool. Would that be worth these days? Oh, not as much as the retro books, I wouldn't have thought. No, we've got a good retro book review coming up. No We've got a guest. She's played over 100 games for Australia. She's clean hitting. She's quick-witted. And the timing is impeccable on and off the field. That's why he's with us tonight. Elise Villani. Thank you. Welcome, Elise. Thank you. What are you expecting from this podcast to be right honest, here today? I'm, to be honest, I'm not sure. I'm a little bit nervous. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, we're at the, um, we, not at the Junction Oval, the new Junction Oval here. Um, from your perspective, how good has it been to have a home base for Victorian cricket? Well, when I came back, I sort of joked to Sean Graff saying, um, obviously I've come back because you've put these new facilities yeah. in. Um, <laughs> so it was perfect timing um, personally and we had a bit yeah. of a giggle about that. But um, when I left Victoria, the facilities and the program itself compared to when I've come back, um, it just feels like a, a fully professional outfit. And I tell you what, it makes a huge difference to be able to leave your kit somewhere. Yeah. See? You I know what's that. really important that I like is that the actual, when you get in the showers at the junction over, the taps don't come off <laughs> like the whacker. So you can turn the taps on and the handles come off. So it takes you about... Five minutes then to get the thing back oh, on, nice. of which the temperatures all get mucked up. You know what I'm talking I about. I do know what you're talking about. I also enjoy not getting into a, a wheelie bin for an ice bath. Yes. I do kind of like to be able to walk oh, yeah. into into some steps. So, yeah, it's, um, it's very nice. We're very lucky here, that's for sure. Did you guys ever play, this might show my age, when we had the downstairs dressing rooms here at the Junction Oval playing Victoria? So you had to walk down the steps. Oh, I think I did. Um yeah, I remember that actually. Yeah. So with with you know the dressing rooms were uh, sorry the viewing areas around our where we are right now. Mm. But then to go and get your kid on uh, at least you had to actually go down these old ancient steps. Um, and Did you I, happen to sorry for them to cut you off? Did you actually ever sit when you were waiting the bat when you played here? Sit in the uh, the blacky ironmonger stand. Mm. I think it is where. You know all that bird shit used to drop yeah, on your yeah, hair when you're yeah. sitting there waiting to bat? I think it's still in yours. Yeah, I think it's still, you need to wash your hair. I mean, <laughs> I've actually tried to get the Elise Milani haircut today. I don't know if you can How's see it. How's the volume it, going? It's sort of, yeah, that's the thing. It's sort of spruced up a little bit. I like what you know? you've done with your hair. Yeah, right? I've deliberately tried to do it today, so... 
anyway. But I don't know. You know, those dressing... Where you're saying to sit, I don't think I've played a game here when... Because they've upgraded about three or four different times, haven't they, yeah. the Junction Oval? Well, we, we used to sit over there, but not in the main ones, in the ones beside that, the old footy change rooms. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then sit in the Blackie Ironmonger stand with the with the bird poo. What about we played one shield game here <laughs> against New South Wales and being a young guy, you know where you do, you either field at short leg or you're night mm. watchman, yeah. right? And I, I used to hate being night watchman because you're facing the fastest bowlers. When they're playing New South Wales, they've got Lawson, Holdsworth, Mike Whitney. And with about an hour and a go, I, I love Murph Hughes, my roomie, but with an hour to go, he'd be always sort of going to Simon O'Donnell, hey, Scoob, do you reckon maybe we need a night watchman tonight? <laughs> and we go, I hate you, Murph. Yeah. And then every 10 minutes he'd bring it up again. And Scoob, Simon didn't want to be told what to do. He'd go, mate, I'll, I'll make the call. Wicket falls. Simon O'Donnell goes out. Meets, um, Jamie Siddons on about 180, right, out there. And uh, Merv's going, oh, mate, seriously, we need a night watchman here. Dino takes over the captaincy because he's vice captain. He goes, yeah. wham, put the pads on. So I'll go down. Like, there's a bit of a crowd Friday nights here. You know, you get a few thousand. Yeah. Walking through the crowd, walk down the steps, and I'm down there, put my pads on, thinking, bloody Merv, can you just shut your mouth? Right? <laughs> I don't want to go out there. And then we didn't lose a wicket. You know how superstitious we are. Yeah. I sort of put the pads on. We hadn't lost a wicket. I went, I'm not going back up there because we haven't lost a wicket since I've been down yeah. here. Yeah. So I'm down there five, ten minutes. It must be getting late, um, you know, near the end of play. And then eventually I hear this massive roar and Darren Berry runs down going, Jamie's out. And I've gone, bloody hell, Merv. And then Jamie's <laughs> probably close to 200, too bad. Like so I'm walking up the steps and it's packed and I'm walking through. People are standing and clapping. Walk up through, walk onto the gate, and I go about 10 metres in, and then I just hear this laughter. And I look up, and Jamie Siddons is raising his back for his 200. And I walked onto the field with my helmet on. I had to walk back in. So they're my memories of the junction. Mm. Hey, but talk about memories. At least, what about your upbringing in cricket? What was it? What inspired you to play cricket and what was it like for, for a girl when you were coming through there? Well, I've got three older brothers, so I sort of grew up playing cricket in the backyard and to be perfectly honest, I thought it was a, a pretty normal sport back then for females. But um, as I sort of grew up and I was playing club cricket from the age of about seven and the under 12 boys, um, I didn't do anything. I didn't bat, I didn't bowl. Um, I was fielding fine leg to fine leg and I'm not sure why I kept playing, to be honest. No. But um, yeah, I sort of fell into the sport that way and I... As I sort of got older, I realised I was really the only girl out there. Because <laughs> <laughs> I were just your mates, were they? Well, I was just sort of doing what my brothers did. They yeah. weren't even my mates because I was seven and they were like 11 and, and 12, 12 years of age. So, um, yeah, I was just playing with one of my brothers and, you know, it's like you just want to do what they're doing. And are they older brothers? All, all three are older, yep. Did they ever give you a bat? <laughs> In the backyard? Yeah. Well, no, I was always fourth. Right, um, yes. And it ended in tears and tantrums before I even got to bat. So. Yeah. I always joke that you would think that I'd be a much better fielder than what I am because all I did growing up was field. Yeah, <laughs> oh, so you, you didn't even get to ba- uh, bowl. I, I, was thinking, I was wondering why you didn't get, haven't taken more wickets well, for Australia if you were bowling to your older brothers all the time. Well, I used to get carded, didn't I? I'm, I'm not really sure I stayed on longer than six balls. <laughs> and who was, your, who, was your, your, um, who was your idol back then? If you were, mine was Dennis Lilly. So coming from the West, I would think the same. If you're bowling to your brothers all day. But uh, was it Bruce Yardley, maybe? A couple no. of Wiley off spinners? I don't know. No, I used to, I think because I never got to bat, 
batting became really precious to me. So mm. um, I used to really love watching Ricky Ponting and Matthew Hayden bat. Right. Um, and so much so that I obviously had to use kookaburra because Ricky Ponting used oh, kookaburra. And I used to sleep with my bat. And I, used to, <laughs> I used to make sure I had the same bat that Ricky had and I used to go to sleep with it and I used to name the bats as well. So... Um, Give us a few names. Yeah, um, they were all old school names like Gertrude and um, oh. just you know. And where, where's just Gertrude things like that. now? I have no idea. Oh, you didn't. Ca- oh, I didn't. But I used to think, you know, you're the best bat Gertrude that I've ever had, and it would change every season. Though I wasn't very loyal. Did Gertrude ever get any in the middle? <laughs> yeah, she did. She was she was good. She was good. She was no she Martha was very though. Good. Um. So you talk about um, you talk about you being precious. So when you started, were you a defensive player? Did you have a great defence? Because, I mean, you've turned into a beautiful slogger now. That's the way you play. We love T20 in Monday <laughs> cricket. So talk us about you know, how you changed from, was that part of your game or did you just feel like you wanted to slog them and get on with it? Well, when I first started, I was very much, I didn't want to get out. Um, yeah. And so I was very much defensive. I couldn't hit the ball off the square. Um, I was very boring and I would be lucky to last 20 balls. And basically, if I lasted 20 balls, I'd be like, well, how well have I done? Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm not out after 20 balls. But um, as I got a little bit stronger and learnt to hit the ball and I was probably playing with people more my age, um, then I actually really enjoyed scoring boundaries. Um, what about, so, the, so you're enjoying local cricket. Um, what was the sort of pathway into elite women's cricket then? Well, I was a um, a junior Bushranger member. Yes. Um, so my, my brothers and I were all the junior Bushranger members and I actually got sent a letter for the first ever Victorian under-12 state team and they just sent the letters out to all the junior Bushranger members asking if anyone was born in either of these three yeah. years to go on trial. And that's how it started and I was the youngest and I wanted to trial and Mum and Dad were sort of like, oh, I'm not really... They, you know, they were very supportive, but they knew how horrific I was at the same time. Um, and they were, were like, determined. I was determined go, to, yes. to trial. Um, hey, you know the letter. Did, was it from a player? Did you get a Bradley Hodge, please, turned down? I can't, I can't remember, up? but I used to have all the player cards and um, the, the posters on my wall. And that's sort of when I first realised that there was um, other girls out there playing cricket. So that was my introduction to the female cricket pathway. Actually, when I think of the Junction Bush Rangers, when we first come up with that marketing mm. name, do you remember a, a photo shoot here and we were actually dressed up as Bush Rangers? And, yeah, yeah. I, I do remember that actually. I, I'm disappointed that they've actually lost that tag yes. of the Victorian Bush Rangers. I thought it had a nice ring to it. Uh, Should I... the biology report mount a campaign to bring back the Bush Ranger for the Victorian men's Maybe. cricket team. I'll tell you what we can do. Uh, I mean, we can throw throw a line line out, lifeline out there to maybe a few people. If they come to the cricket at the junction, maybe have a yes. few cans and maybe streak across the ground in the Ned Kelly type Ned helmet. Kelly. I think that would get the message across to Graf and Co who are working here. Okay. Okay, that's a direct message. I'll pay the fine. It can't be much. I don't know how. I'll tell you what's funny. It's eight thousand six hundred twenty-two dollars at the G. What would it no, be? No, there's, the there's actually a uh, sense junction. value as well. And what I want to know yeah. is how the how the people in charge, those in administration, come up with that value. How do you actually put a sense value on someone streaking naked across well, the MCG? Funny enough. Funny enough. One of the reasons I got Elise in as guest, she can explain it. I cannot explain. <laughs> Maybe. It's... What are you doing? I thought you were. A... You don't work on the council. Oh, no. Not Can we get you anyway. there? Oh, I'm, I think I'd be better 
utilised elsewhere. I have asked that question before, um, guys, and it's all done with local taxes by the different councils tax at different rates, and they're always taxing. So the thing is, then they're always giving parking fines. Yeah, well, so if it's on a tax rate, you want to generate revenue, right? So what I'm suggesting is maybe we have more streakers, which will bring the tax rate down. So the penalty will actually be less. Oh, for us, the other people. Yeah. So if if there's only one streaker a year. Yeah. And that creates $8,932.18 revenue. If you split that into three, yeah. then the penalty is only going to be around 3000 So I suggest that we need more streakers in cricket. This is why he's got um, his marketing degree. I'll, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll, test, I'll fly over to England. I'll test this out over there while the girls are knocking around winning the World I Cup. I think we do I'll a do biology that. report over there and support. Mm. We're going to talk about that a little bit later. Which ground would you like to see that, actually? Which is your favourite England ground? Mm. Lords. Well, I haven't played at Lords yet. I've only trained there. Oh, okay. But look, maybe if I get to play at Lords, that'd be a great present. Thank you. Because oh, the thing is, at yeah. Lords, because of the slope, I can get you can the start, back. and yeah. people are going, "Oh, it's Ned Kelly." There's a Ned Kelly lookalike because you you can't because of the slope. You actually can't. What is it about a meter and a half? So they go, "Oh, this is nice." Bit of Australian Ned Kelly. Then you run another fifty. Oh, this isn't good. And I could get it's to. I reckon I, once I get to the nursery ground, I'm sweet. I'm gone. Yeah, sort of. I like it. That, that scares me, a naked Ned Kelly in a nursery. That <laughs> does go. Um, Elise, what about, it's been a pretty good year for yourself, winning World Cups and then finishing up beating the Kiwis 3-0. But back to the World Cup, um, that must have been fantastic to, to win that, but also against England. Well, yeah, it was, to be honest. I'm not really sure, you know, you guys have been a part of successful teams. It's sort of almost a little bit of relief when you when you get across the line Definitely. because you sort of pin all your training on it and you, you dream about it and you hope that it'll happen. And then when it does happen, it's almost just like pure relief, pure elation. And it's like you actually can't describe that yeah. feeling. But a mountain of work had gone into it um, and we'd lost the previous however many World Cups that we'd been a part of and we certainly had a point to prove. So it was amazing to be a part of it. And you go from relief, but then there's that wave of that when that goes, there's celebrations. Oh. So how good were the celebrations? There was some, yeah, there was some good celebrations. Deb Villani was over there with a, a few um, of her friends. That's my mother. Um, <laughs> and she and, became a bit of a cult hero. Yeah, she, she she got a bit of screen time. I think, <laughs> I, I think um, her and her three friends had made up 85% of the the cheer squad um, for our team. So, um, and she'd been to Cuba um, leading into it. So, you know, I asked her, you know, if we win the World Cup, we'll always have some Cuban cigars and had a few Cuban cigars, um, got old Kevin Roberts onto the Cuban cigars with the team. And, um, yeah, it was just just a great bonding experience. (laughs) Well, that's good. Sometimes those administrators need a bit of loosening up. Now, what was the <laughs> what was the selling point? Did you was it just your mother getting to the final? Or did you have to put her through the torture of Guyana for four weeks at the start of the tournament? My mum thrives on these type of places. Guyana, so she loves Guyana. She's been to wow. Bangladesh to watch the team. Wow! My mum absolutely loves it. It's almost like she didn't come to the Australian um, tour. She only came to Melbourne. She didn't come to Adelaide or Perth. No. It's almost like it no. wasn't it wasn't enough. It's now I think you were housed at the enough. Marriott. Is that right? So Flem, you stayed you stayed at the old Pegasus in Guyana. Yeah. That's that was that the only circular hotel. Mm. piece of uh, dog poo that's just not far from the Marriott. Yes, so could see that. It was that. a big step up in uh, in in class. So it's obviously changed a lot since I've been there. 
Well, uh, Guyana. Uh, <laughs> no, it's still rubbish. Okay. Um, I'm not sure how it's actually Chandipal, part of the West Chandipal Indies. Chandipal's from there, though. Well, yeah, South yeah, America, so, isn't it, Guyana? Basically. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I was a bit nervous, actually. Mm. I don't know if the your team was or the management when you saw the draw and thought mm. Guyana, because the wicket there was really quite crappy, but it actually played quite well. It was some yeah. good scoring. Well, we sort of, you know, we're all just, you know, we obviously don't, Two of the West Indies very often. Um, and so when we all got picked for it, we were like, you riff, I can't believe we're going to the West Indies. I remember going there in 2010. Uh, mind you, we're at St. Kitts. Um, and it was absolutely incredible. Oh, and yeah, so Saint when Kitts we're thinking, I can't believe we've made it onto another West Indies tour. And then we find out we're in Guyana. It was yeah. almost like a little bit heartbreaking. I spoke to a couple of mm. um, the Bush Rangers guys who have played over in the, the CPL. And I remember asking Farwood Ahmed, oh, so what, you know, what is there to do in Guyana? And he yeah. was like, nothing, Netflix. And I was like, cool. Like, Netflix. Yeah, I, yeah, it was not a good song. I, I played for Guyana Amazon Warriors and it, I can't say it was a great experience. Um, not Who was your favourite teammate? Um, I know it was your 82nd team, T20 <laughs> team you played for. I'm trying to actually have, think about yeah. who I actually played with. Um, i tell you one thing, though. Um, after no that idea. awful loss to the West Indies um, in India, uh, mm. it was good to see, well, bad sportsmanship, but the West Indies at home didn't get to the final. I know, and didn't they, get were, they were pretty confident as well. Uh, there was a lot of there was a lot of celebrations going on over there, so it was really nice that, um, yeah, it, it would have been pretty cool to play them in the final and win um, to sort of right that wrong, but to be honest, they're, yeah, they were being a little bit too confident over there, I think. What um, Now, certain people have certain signatures. Yeah. You know, what I really like is that the Australian cricket team have, have recognised what you've done uh, for Australian cricket, uh, white ball in particular, and bring back the baggy canary yellow hat. Yes. So... Should be standard. Yeah, I think so. So you know how they have the Greg Chappell white floppy? Yeah. I think it should be the Villani canary yellow hat, similar to the signature that, you know, Simon used to wear the zinc cream. Yeah. Um, we see Elise Perry with the war paint across mm-hmm. the nose and cheeks. You know, talk us through... We're starting to see girls at the cricket wearing the Villani. Yeah. Yeah, I'd well, like to see more of it. I mean, do you think it should be named the Villani in particular so everyone oh. relates to that? Ching, ching. Oh, I'm, not, I'm not sure I'd feel overly comfortable with that, to be honest. But she didn't say no. No. I mean, I'm Did sure, I'm sure I could be swayed. <laughs> Everyone's got their price. <laughs> hey, Liz, what about uh, the Scorchers uh, obviously didn't play in the finals, but overall, what did you think of the WBBL this year? Like, the semis were unbelievable, as good as cricket as you want to see. It was a very good final as well. Um, do you feel like the WBBL just gets better and better each year? I think it has, yeah, absolutely. With the scores and the closeness of the games, um, I think it's just going to continue to... To get better, and I think you can see that the best people in the in the country and in the world are playing in that competition. So naturally, that's going to make it the best domestic yeah. competition going around in the world. What I loved is the I thought the uh, the WBBL outshone you know the BBL in particular with actual skill sets. I thought were well fielding. There's no fielding, argument. No, no <laughs> argument. Um, I even thought uh, craftsmanship with the bat was a lot more smarter than the guys in particular. Those middle over periods. I thought in the men's competition was pretty average, where I thought the girls absolutely stepped it up, playing of spin, running between the wickets, rotation of strike, ability to hit power shots. I yeah. thought that was one huge step up, and even the quality of the competition where the games are actually quite tight was a standout for me. 
Well, just those last balls of the semi just mm. epitomised oh. how good women's cricket look. You know, like the 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 delivery, the shot, mm. the fielding, the running between the wickets and the run out was just. It was almost like you could have two balls just to capture where the yeah. WBBL is. Yeah, it was. Um, as I said, like it was amazing to be a part of. But um, on your point, Hodgie, um, I, I think in the women's game we don't have that brute strength where. We're looking at the sweepers and we're thinking, well, it doesn't matter because if I get a ball in my slot, I can easily clear them on the ropes. Um, very few people have that ability in the women's game. So we sort of have to be tactically smarter and really hit pockets and probably mm. run more twos um, and scoring off more balls probably compared to the men's game because they can hit more um, maximums. Which there puts more pressure on the bowler too, doesn't it? Mm. So you might actually get... It's a couple of deliveries where you actually feel like you can hit the boundary. Um, and, and a massive year um, for the Southern Stars as well because it's an Ashes tour. So yeah. um, you must be looking forward to that. I know selection's coming up soon. But with the actual schedule of that, so it's one test match. Is it three one-days and three T20s? Correct. So would you want – I think I know the answer. Would you want that standard um, for every series? Absolutely. I think the – Having that test match within the Ashes and making it um, more meaningful is is a really good start. But I think where we're at at the moment is I'm not sure how much better we're going to get playing tests when we play one every two years. Yeah. So I think you kind of need to go one of two ways. Either you don't play it, which would be an absolute shame, or you actually play it um, across every series. Would you, th- you know, the younger <clears throat> women coming through, would they still aspire to to play Test match cricket, or is it that it's, there's too few Test matches, like you said, that they've actually they're that happy just to play, you know, obviously fifty mm. over cricket and T Twenty cricket. I think it's an interesting question. I'm I'm not sure of the answer, but I certainly know that everyone in the current Australian squad would love to play more. And we've got some pretty young girls in that squad um, because, you know, when you are growing up, you do see that baggy green um, and you you do want a piece of that. Yeah, the only thing I've got is my daughter really loves cricket, but she's doing cartwheels and handstands by about over number four. I'm not sure how she's going to get through a full day of... And delivered the ball. That would be awesome. I'm not sure how she would get through a full day of 90 overs in the field. Uh, how many cartwheels and handstands can you possibly do as a young girl? We're talking about the top end. And by the time she's 16, <laughs> 17. But that, I, I'm sort of thinking off the top of my head there. Yeah, I, I really liked last time, was it last year, England come out. And I just mm. loved it. The format's great. One and three, three. Yeah. Mm. Um, but, may you know, obviously you don't get to play a lot of first-class games in Australia. Mm. But but if, if you knew every summer you had at least one test, well, maybe domestically you'd need to play... Um, a couple of four-day games for your states as well. Yeah, maybe. Or we could, you know, kind of utilise the, the shorter formats and, and make it really exciting attacking test matches. Yep. One of the uh, things I really enjoyed about the format is you actually you have spruiking rights to either come out on top across all three forms mm. or not. So there's a period after those two months where you go, hey, we beat you guys. We're number one, T20, one-day cricket, yeah. and test match cricket. Yeah. I think it's something which the men should actually adopt where, you know, India came out. Let's have a full series where you play test matches, 2020s, and one-days, and then you just go home after that period and say, you're the champs. We'll see you again next time. Hodge, 
I'm going to talk to you later about that. Yeah. Just hold on to that thought. Now, let's got to go soon. You talked about your teammates. We want to know about them. Um, who's the coach's pet? Beth Mooney. Um, uh, this is Queensland, you see. That, uh, Matthew, Matthew Mott, Mott yes. Yeah, so, Why is that? Well, Matthew Mott obviously lives in Queensland. Yep. Um, Beth Mooney lives in Queensland. She's a left-hand batter. He was a left-hand batter. Has she got shots because Matthew didn't have any Yeah, he shots. was boring as shit when we used to watch Motty. He's a big fan of the bowler, would you report? <laughs> so. I hope he's watching it then. Yeah, you listen. We used to watch him out here and he'd, we used to call him the blapper because he used to try and hit a cover drive and the thing would just piss off about three metres from the crease. But like, what are you doing, that, mate? A lot of the times, pe- the way people play their cricket reflects their personality. And you know he's such an outgoing personality me. extrovert and he was an introverted batter. I didn't like it. Bradley Hodge has a segment called the Social Media Self-Promoter Award. Mm-hmm. And no doubt the girls know about it. Who, who would be in danger of getting the most votes in the oh. Southern Stars there? Well... If it was about dogs, I think Megan Shute would definitely be up there. If she well, was, if she was promoting um, Eddie, her new dog, um, Alicia Healy's quite vocal on social media. Yeah, yes. she is. She is. Um, that partnership with Stark and herself is very, very out there on social I think she media. She gets more yeah. votes than Mitchell. Yeah, well, she's a better player. That's why. Oh, well, there you go. You know, right. she's the best in the house. Simple as that. Um, what about Meg? Meg. Doesn't get out on social media too much, does no, she? No, she doesn't. Meg needs some help in that area, I think. Um, I keep encouraging Meg. Meg, show your personality yeah. on social media. Um, so maybe it's a bit of an off-season um, project for her, maybe putting it in her IPP, which is the individual um, player plan. So nice, I like it. So we, we could um, get a potential mentor for Meg Lanning. Yeah. And I'm going to put up his name, The Shark. Greg Norman. Greg could Norman. he mentor Meg Lanning he could. in social media self-promotion? It's a really good point you make there. The two great Aussies. Elise, because there's nothing else that she can write in a player program that says, I want to improve my cover drive. Mm. I want to improve. Yeah. She averages 50. Like, she should gun. just go. She's the best looking like, batter this, in this Australia. This is bullshit. Mm. Who cares? I just need to get myself out there. And you know what she is? She wears our favourite. Yeah. She does. Huh? She so does. she needs to get in here and learn about how to get herself out there for with social the media self-promotion with Shark. Now, Elise, retirement, it happens to all of us. Will you go full-time dodgeball or not? Probably. What happened there? You got selected for Australia to play dodgeball? I did. Um, <laughs> and the, what happened? All those little dodge, Fulani well, dodgeball fans, what at, happened? At the time, I was actually on Centrelink and it cost money to go away and represent Australia in dodgeball <laughs> in New Zealand. And funnily enough, I couldn't really afford it. So um, sort of stayed and, and continued. If you kept on. Gertrude the back, know, you could have sold that and I you could be playing dodgeball for Australia. I know, uh, you know, what a career choice that could have been. (laughs) (laughs) And just finishing up, um, what about the media side? So Channel 7 commentary, Mm. you were at McCrock Media. How have you enjoyed that? I've really enjoyed it. You've been very good at it. Thank you, Flem. No, I've really enjoyed it. I think it's it's sort of like coaching in some respect that you continue to learn about the game by watching it and and sort of, I guess, paying a bit more attention to it. So I, I feel like... I was continuing to learn as a player through commentating um, and through the radio stuff as well. So Now, while you're doing that, do you feel – we know Lisa's probably the boss of the commentary box. Do you mm-hmm. feel bullied at the same stage as the way Flem sort of bullies me around? I'm, I'm just a youngster onto the scene. Did you feel that way as well around Lisa? Because she's, she's big on this. Well, Lisa recently in the last couple of days thanked um, the team on Twitter. Yes. Uh, 
oh, I wasn't there. So <laughs> you didn't get one. I didn't get a mention. <laughs> I didn't get a mention. Right. Um, I was well, a little I think bit that's disappointed. The top dog just going. Shh, shh, just, just making sure I'm there yeah. a little bit. That's co- that's a competition thing. She knows you're a threat. That's the thing. That's just keep it by. That's why we got her on. Exactly. The Bowlology Report. That's Elise Falani, right. thanks a lot for being Thank our you. guest. Good luck with the cricket in 2019, and we'll be chatting soon. Thank you very much. Cheers. See you, Elise. Oh, we're back. Bradley Hodge, what about this spirit treats? Haven't One of we, our favourite Haven't we stumbled across a little piece of gold just wandering around the cricket centre here in Victoria? He was having a net. <laughs> Michael Klinger, thanks for joining the Biology Report. Pleasure. Um, and Maxie, well done on your career. I know you've still got some England T20 cricket to come and potentially some BBL um, next summer. But we were there for your final game for the Scorchers at Perth Stadium. Um, you finished on a good note. You took back the number one title, most <laughs> runs in the BBL. Um, very surreal. If that is the end of your Australian um, domestic cricket, um, have you had time just to little reflect on it? Uh, yeah, I have. It's it's 20 years in the in the system I was in, and um, it's a pretty long time when you think about it. I've got a lot more grey hair now than I did when I started. So, Well, join um, the club. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so it's um, it's pretty special to be able to be in the in the system for so oh. long and, and had some great memories and and winning titles along the way was was obviously the the best ones and um, yeah so uh, yeah it's time I think now after a, a stint in England I'm going to play T20 over there to probably move on to something different after that and um, we'll... is that an exclusive for the biology it report, is. Bradley? It is, and it's yeah, it's called the actively seeking or no exploring opportunity. <laughs> are you in? Are you on LinkedIn? He is. Bradley is, and he hasn't had any snips yet. He's been on for six months. I tell you what, I get that many people trying to attach me. I just bar him straight up. Sorry, I've got no interest yet. But um, now, Maxi, uh, look, wonderful stuff. Um, look, I'm. I, one thing that's great about being in the game for so long is that there's so many good experiences yourself. Uh, one of the things which is really special for me was when you got the, your opportunity to play for Australia after a long period Ooh, of time. Yeah. Yeah. Just tell us through that emotion and stuff like that. And, and, and for me, the, the greatest result was through a dedication of hard work. So it wasn't actually the physically playing. It was just getting that cap presentation to know that you know, you've achieved something over a long period of time. Yeah, definitely. Um it took 17 years. <laughs> Some people don't even play for five or six. So yeah. it took 17 years of, of work. And, and over those 17 years, um, to be honest, my first six or seven at Victoria, I had a great time and, and played well at times, but wasn't consistent enough. So it was only really probably my last 10, 10 or so that I, I was playing more consistent cricket. And, and you go through waves of emotions when you think you're close and, and, and you, you know yourself yeah. at times. You think you're close and you don't get picked and you think you're close and you got to keep getting yourself, picking yourself back up and, and setting yourself goals. So when I finally got that call to um, oh. that I was in, it was a pretty amazing feeling, definitely. And how much do you reckon going overseas contributed to that success? Because I, I felt it was huge. Yeah, oh, no doubt. Um, and I think it's, it's possibly something, especially in, in test cricket, that um, we may be missing in the last seven or eight years with the IPL. Um, on a lot of players are choosing to go there, and rightly so. There's a lot, there's a lot more money there uh, as well, but also um, it's harder to get a visa to get over to play in mm. the UK now. So it's true. Um, it's, it's harder back in the, um, the days when you played in before that. Guys were going over there for um, ten years in a row, and just the, the 
thing you learn so much is you, you're changing a format. So in one week, sometimes you're playing a four-day game, a one-day game, a 2020 game. <laughs> yeah. And as a batter, it's great because you get four hits a week. So if yeah. you miss out once, it doesn't matter. You'll get, get in the next game. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Um, I, I felt that uh, as a player, we're often – administration sort of try and not – Try and deny you from going over there in this current environment, I think. But I sort of feel that you come away as a 50-game better player. You mark centre uh, how many yeah, times? 100 yeah. times during the year. And you, every time you walk out there, the conditions are different. might be overcast one day, sunny, might swing, you might face a spinner. So for me, you're actually just getting consistent game time and unable to work on your game. Well, you yeah. must have less chance of having a unique scenario to bat it. Yeah, that you've probably been in this situation before, yeah. and that must give you a lot of confidence, Maxie. Definitely, and you you learn how to set scores, you learn how to chase in in whether it's on a fourth day in a in a, in a four day game or twenty twenty game. And um, I think I know well, JL is now the Australian coach. He went over there for I don't know ten oh, years or so. Middlesex, didn't he? I think. Middlesex, Somerset, um, Somerset. Yeah. Um, so he's a huge advocate for it. So it wouldn't surprise me if that attitude changes a little bit now. Mm. And I think. Um, you're already seeing this year quite a few players. I know Maxwell and, and, and some others are I forgoing think going to the IPL. And are going. It's yeah. not going to hurt them, is it? No, nah, definitely. And some are forgoing IPL this year to go and do that. Obviously, with the Ashes coming up, which is really smart. Mm. And um, I mean, Max is going so well now in short format cricket as well. If, if he pulls off a couple of good scores in. Uh, the red ball stuff, he should be right up there with the, in the mix. For yeah, there's no doubt. Actually, I'll just, uh, I'll go back a little bit here. I think I know the answer, but over the 17 years and you had some ripping seasons in four ball, uh, four day cricket for South Australia WA. Um, did, did you, was there any communication that you were close from selectors or was yeah. it more media talk? Uh, probably a, a bit of both. Um, media talk, probably. Was there a tour that you remember that you might have been really close to? Yeah, or was it there more was. Generally? A South African tour. So my first year when I moved to South Australia, um, I scored 1200 shield runs for the year. Oof. And, um, on the back of that, there was a tour to South Africa getting chosen. And it was actually the day after the Alan Border Awards night. And I won, it was a state player of the yeah. year, that uh, award. And, um, the team was announced the next day and, um, and, I think they went for the two guys they went for, Marcus North and uh, Husey, and both very deserving spot as well. Yeah, so, who did really, both yeah, of them did well. Yeah, and I got told I was close and, and, and missed out, which is fine. Like, a lot of the selection stuff is subjective, but it still hurts when you know you're close and, and you're in the mix and, and it goes the other way. And, and then there were some other occasions post that where I think similar things happen, either through media or, or speaking to a selector as well, often... At the, back then, the, the player probably had to make that move and if, you were, if yeah. you were out of the CA contracted players to speak to them. To be proactive. Yeah, um, I think now that the communication's hopefully a little bit better, yeah. Uh, just cast your mind back to what I think is a, a pretty dark day for yourself. And it was down in Hobart, and you're <laughs> on 99. And, uh, you probably Rifle, can't remember no, this No, you can't <laughs> remember. And, and Paul Rifle and, and um, Barrel John Scholes decided to declare... Um, talk us through that because I, I, yeah. one I reckon it had a really mental scar on you. I know how difficult it is to score your first shield century. So it would have been your first shield. Well, I didn't century. get one in fourteen years. <laughs> there was nah, well, big barrier. <laughs> there was a lot of confusion at the time in the dressing room. But talk us through what was going on in your own mind, and then post trauma of that because. For listeners, it's, it's yeah. to, to get that monkey off your back and score your first. And, ha- century. and how old were you too? 
You, you must have been 20 at the oldest, Yeah, I think you? I was 20, 20 or 21, yeah, at that stage. I think, to be honest, at the right at the time, I didn't think too much about it because I was just so happy to be playing for Victoria and doing well. Um, I think I got some runs a game before in, in Adelaide Oval in a run chase to, with Ian Harvey to yeah, help us get over the line. Yeah, not out or something like that, some, Yeah, yeah. some right. <laughs> <laughs> With the freak, Ian Harvey, what yeah. was he sort of saying at, between overs? Well, we talked about just making sure we don't give the opposition a sniff, and I think he hit three sixes. That is the hardest that we know. So he's actually a, uh, our assistant coach at Gloucestershire now. So I see him um, the last few years. I've yeah. seen, him, seen him often. So you must be the only one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, House, <laughs> the chief. Um, yeah. So it's. At the time, I was just so happy to be involved, and, and to get ninety nine, I was mm. I was really happy. And then it's probably the next morning um, uh, I got sent um, some pictures of the Melbourne paper. It was Grand Prix Day, uh, Australian Grand Prix Day here at Albert Park, and on the front or the back page on the sport paper, instead of being Grand Prix, it said Clinger Clanger on the back on, on the back page, and they talked about that. And then I started thinking, well, maybe it is a bigger deal than it is, and. Um, I think from it's looking back on it would have been great. It would have only had to face one more ball, which would have taken sixty seconds, hopefully. If yeah. I scored off that ball, and and we still could have had a few overs at him that she wanted for lunch. But I scored quite quick that session. I think I scored mm. eighty runs in the session before because we talked about maybe pulling out before lunch, the start of the day. But uh, I think Pistols. I've had I've seen him a lot since he's been umpiring me. He's maybe given me a few square ups along the way and <laughs> a few LBs. I should have been out. Maybe he just. Uh, uh, gave it my way. So <laughs> maybe felt a little bit bad. <laughs> um, hey, now we might go into some current stuff mm. and then finish with um, where you are at the moment, Clint. Uh, yeah. India, Australia in the T20s. So we uh, we went really well, won those. 50 over cricket, we're 2-0 down. We lost by six wickets in the first one and lost by eight runs in the second one there. Probably the story, it was uh, India's 500th one-day international knock. A man called... Virat Kohli, lads. It's his uh, 40th um, one-day international 100. He now averages 60. It's his 50th Man of the Match award for India. So I believe he has a professional script writer there before every game, just in case he wins Man of the Match to write it out for him. He's bored just saying it himself. But what what a freak. What a freak. I mean... uh... I've never witnessed a player like this. Actually, um, you you played against Sachin Tendulkar. Flem, I played against. He might have him been covered well. in one day. So I, think. I think he's got him covered in 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 general. I think he's going to go past him with an unbelievable record in all three forms of the game. That's what's significant. This guy's an absolute machine. He just keeps 40, going. Forty hundreds. In how old is he? Twenty eight. Yeah, I don't think he's thirty yet. So he's still probably got another. By oh, the way, he's going at least five, if not a lot longer, in him. Imagine how many he's going to get by the end. What of his do you career. admire about his batsmanship? His batsmanship, I think, speaks for himself. I just love his competitiveness, and that's probably where he stands out. Maybe uh, uh, when you're talking comparison with a Tendulkar, and I'm sure Tendulkar had it. But he, he was probably kept it in a little bit. Yeah. But I love. I've, people sort of some people complain about that he's too too aggressive in that. I love it. I think he's he never really oversteps a lot, maybe once or twice, but never really oversteps the line. Too I think much. he helped and, make the summer. This summer, yeah. I, I think the public went. That, generally, we the mm. Australian public want to dislike the captain or the best player from the opposition, and no, so yeah. it started that way. And then about halfway, it's just like respect because mm. what I liked 
Um, he said after the game, there was t- it was really tough out there. You know, the pitch, the way they were bowling. I-, I needed to tough this out to get a total. And that's my question for the Australian batting is, too many 30s to 50, Mark. Um, so without getting over that barrier of 50, is that a not toughing it out enough by the Australian batsman? Or is there just a bit of doubt that they can dominate and, and get a bigger score? Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt... Um... The, the, those big 100-plus scores in one-day games, it, it, the difference between winning and losing because it, yeah. it's not only that, that 100, but it's also the guys around them who, who contribute. And that's a difference from f- another 50 day runs off and, and also being able to go harder in the last 10 because you've got more wickets in hand. Yeah. And, um, so I think there's no doubt getting those substantial scores is going to be a difference, I think, hopefully going into the World Cup. Um, but the good thing is, in a way, if you want to take a positive out of it, that the top six or seven, they're all they're all contributing. They're all looking really good. Finchy got some runs again the other night, 30-odd. I know he wants more, but at, at least maybe three, four months ago, they weren't doing that. Um, so now they've got a group of guys who are, are performing well and, and, and scoring fairly consistently. So it's a lot better base to go from there to making hundreds than where they weren't, where they were failing for under 10 or 15. So that's the positive to come out of it. Yep. Yeah, I mean, there was a big chunk taken out of that side, wasn't it? Warner and Smith, yep. who consistently get hundreds. Oh, look, I like the way Sean Marsh came back into the one-day side in Australia. I think that, that proves that He gets hundreds. He gets hundreds, especially in white ball cricket. So, yeah, that's a good thing. I, th- I don't think there's... I think there's a lot to like, actually, about the Australian one-day unit. You know, I think they're getting the recipe right. We're still going to wait for that return of Warner and Smith, which will boost any side. I mean, these guys are superstars averaging, you know, over 40 and 50 in, in cricket themselves. So um, tough times. You know, I really think that there was a lot of issues with our batting in the test arena this year. Um, but we are playing against what is the best side in, in the world at the moment, India. There's no doubt. In just about all three formats. All three forms. So... I, I imagine that this is what it was like playing against Australia, and you know, in the in the in the nineties, two thousands, where you just come up against a formidable force. Yeah. I just found in in the era that I played, often teams would compete for sixty, seventy percent of the game, like really even. Yeah. And then the drop off would drop off really quickly, yeah. and 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 it looks like an easy victory, but it really wasn't. It was it was an arm wrestle, mm. you know, till day three and a bit. And then you'd win just over early in the fifth day. In one day cricket, it's a real battle. And then the last 20 overs, you know, Warren and McGrath would go yeah. over them. But there wasn't as big a gap as the way it would look on paper. But that's the difference. India in this line, they've got match winners. Kuldeep Yadav's a match winner. Boomer's a match winner. Um, Shami, even at the moment, is a wicket taker. So they've got options. That's, yeah. that's a tough side to be. I think just the biggest key. Oh, yeah. The key at the moment is also... Boomer is almost there, besides Coley, their most important player. It's a bit Easily. Like, it's a bit like when Malinga was bowling so well at the death mm. for Sri Lanka. I think they need to be more aggressive off the other bowlers because they know in the last 10 or 8 overs that Boomer is going to bowl four of them. And if he keeps bowling like he is now, then they're going to be really hard to score off. So well, you, you need to maybe attack attack the others a bit more. Well, Clint, you're just on the money because the game is ours. 33 balls left. We need 33 to win. We're going to win with wickets in hand, then Boomer takes two for one in the 46th over. Yeah. Look, that's what he can do, and that's what he's there for, and that's why he's the best in the world. I think it was really hard. Uh, Stoinis was sort of caught in two minds about how he should go about it. He actually did the right thing, I reckon, and took it deep. Uh, played particularly well. The bullet he got out on, 
right at the end was right in the slot too for hit for six. That was the one he was waiting for. He just didn't execute it. If he had got that one over, we'd not, we wouldn't be talking about those previous overs where he didn't take ones. I would have just liked to see him get bat on ball and trying to get some twos to take some pressure off there as well. You've probably got to trust Nathan Lyon. He's a pretty good technician these yeah. days. So, um, again, Stoin- it's just people just coming to new roles as well. We've seen Stoinis up the top. Yeah. Now he's back down the autos. Well, it's a scenario, as you guys were talking about, going over to England and getting put into that scenario. So a lot of these guys haven't actually played a lot of one-day cricket together. Mm. So they actually had that faith and trust. Uh, just quickly to Finchie, Hodgie. Like, for me, Finchie's never seemed a, you know, a consistent run scorer, you know, day in, day out. But he goes through periods... Um, when he's in form and he dominates. So we'll be hoping this 37 yeah. is actually starting to get back on the incline. Yeah, he's a one-day uh, Marcus North, isn't he? Goes duck, 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 100, 100, 100, 100. Yeah, uh, that's, I mean, let's be honest. If he's not a banker, that's fine. We just want him to go in there, slog a few at be the top, winner. and if you get 100, you get 100. So that's where you need that glue in the middle becomes vitally important, the Sean Marsh, the Steve Smith, just if to rescue that... If it doesn't go right at the Still top. plenty more games to go here. So chances for the, the, the team to um, keep developing together and also for the individuals to get a spot in the World Cup. There will ready. be. Just on one of them, uh, Max, he played with Jason Berendorf a lot. I was surprised by his omission last game. Yeah, I think they, they brought in another spinner, didn't they? They brought in Nathan, Nathan Lyons. So I wonder whether it was the conditions. Um, Definitely conditions, evidently no grass cracking. It also mm. They'd also be quite weary of his injury past. So I obviously don't know what's going on there in terms of their how they're rotating. But I assume with it, I think they were playing almost every second day from there onwards um, for, in that India series. So I would have thought... They wouldn't want to play maybe in a couple of games where they got to back up really quickly just to make sure that they maintain him, knowing there's some games in the UAE coming up, World Cup coming up. Why is he so good, Jason Berendorf? Gets wickets for fun. I think he comes from a, a, a good height and then swings it early, but then he, whether he deliberately or not, they don't all swing. <laughs> so, so batters are ex- Yeah, so batters are expecting the swing, and when he does, he gets his bold and LBs, and when he doesn't, he gets Outside them. edge. Yeah. And you have to ask him if he means it. I don't think he... Sometimes they just go... You know what I'll be saying? I'm, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Berendorf would say he means it too. I'm but I'm, I'm a bit with Max. I don't reckon he knows what he's doing. But <laughs> nice skill to have. He gets a little bit of extra bounce as well, which yeah. you don't think's there. But uh, yeah, somehow he just seems to extract a little bit of extra Well, he's bounce. tall and he's over the top, isn't he? He mm. doesn't look like he spends too much time at the crease, like yeah. he's through the crease. You know, so I think the last, last couple of years as well... Um, when he's been fit, he used to bo- always bowl brilliantly at the Wacker. And then sometimes in the Eastern States, um, didn't bowl poorly, but didn't have the same success. But I think now he's learning to do it in different conditions. His variations are better. So he's bowling better in No, in I think he's upskilled. Like he was a new ball bowler only yeah. when he first started playing. Uh, what about England versus West Indies? Great series. I love the Test Series because yeah. England lost. Um, <laughs> we do have a lot of listeners in England, so sorry about that. We're looking for the Ashes. Okay, who said this after the fourth one-day international? Butler batted superbly, 150, but he isn't the universe boss. Yeah, well, we know that. It was Chris Gale, <laughs> isn't it? So he's a huge social media self-promoter yes. himself. But uh, you can't take that away from him. He actually was the universal boss. And 162, 14 sixes, Hodge. It's ridiculous. Was it, is it St. George's Oval? Is that what it's called? Or George's Park or St. George's Park, whatever it is. It's about the half the size of this junction yeah. oval. So they're donkey hits <laughs> for the, the likes of Chris Gale. But still, you've got to whack him in the middle. 
and he did so. I, when they when that happened, it brought his record up across all three forms. And this not guy, not enough respect no, for his playing. It record. has to go into probably close to top five best ever cricketers to ever represent the game. I think. So if um, if you asked a random person how many Test matches Chris Gale played, I, I'd reckon most people would say thirty or forty. Yeah. He played a hundred Test matches, yeah. so he often gets unfairly. Um, you know, smashed as in, oh, he went to chase the money and all that. He did his service yeah. for West Indies cricket, he probably, and he continues to. He probably to... left 30 or 40 out there as well. Like he, he hasn't played a lot of test or one-day cricket um, in the last four or five years, so I can imagine how many he could have played and how good a record he, he could have been had a better record than what he's already got. Yep, so um, he averaged 106 throughout the series, so it wasn't <laughs> just at a strike rate of 134. Uh, there was 46 sixes hit in that, that fourth one. Uh, England got smashed in the, in the last one. But, I mean, Josh Butler, um, 150. But he's an incredible player, isn't he? Well, and and it, England have an incredible, a potential incredible batting lineup in the World Cup. It was 80 balls, wasn't it? 76 balls, uh, Josh Butler's 150. That's, that's just remarkable. He's one of the most gifted uh, players I've, I've seen. He, he's, uh, he can pure hit He can do some innovation. damage in any form. Oh yeah. Just, just he's one of those guys that you bowl to similar to that of a Hayden and Gilchrist where you just go, I'm scared of this. Anything could happen to this ball. Maxie, what about their batting in the World Cup? Potentially Butler, Roy, Roy, Hales, Bairstow, Morgan, Stokes and Root. You'd be pretty happy going into a World Cup yeah. with that. And that, they can't that actually fit, fit them all in. So they've been leaving at full strength. They've been leaving Hales out. Yep. Um, but then when he comes in, he generally scores runs. So it's a tough call leaving him out. So it's going to be, they're a strong team. I think that their only Achilles heels is the, is the way they go about it and whether it will hold up in a final situation. So it's a potential to have an absolute stinker. I tell you what they should they do. They go hard the whole way. That should be their England A side, and they should have a test match versus their pure England side, minus Ruth and a couple, and whoever wins, roll them out in the ashes. That's a dominant side, <laughs> yeah. that is. Yeah. Unbelievable. And with the ball, Hodgie, or, or both you boys, you know, they're not as good with the ball, so they back to score big and defend that. But the two, I think, X factors are, are Mark Wood and Rashid. Yeah. Well, the thing is, Rashid and also Moanelli probably didn't have the same effect against West Indies. I mean, they're they're brutal. You know, as soon as they see it above Off the spinners. iron, they just smoke it. So, you know, short boundaries, they'll have more of an impact in England for sure. But um, yeah, they're pretty good, pretty good bowlers. And Mark Wood came in and did well at the end. As no, well. you know he's got sheer pace and 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 can get wickets. Uh, and the other one's Jofra Archer. That's going to be the big call whether they, when he becomes available before the World Cup, whether they bring him in. Bradley oh. Hodge, your chairman of selectors of England. Oh, do we pick Jofra Archer or not? Yeah, it's not even a call. I mean, he's in. Well, it's I mean, a great package. The, the way he fields and and his. We haven't seen this big bash anyway, um, how good his batting actually is. He's a, he strikes the ball really well at eight or nine. He can be a, have a real impact. I think England have a very good team. What about the West Indies? Um, their, their bowling might be the, the, bit, the bit of trouble there. You know, um, who's the spinner? Um, Bishu. Bishu. He's economical, but he doesn't get a lot of wickets. I think you need a couple yeah. of spinners in England. They've actually got uh, they've, they've got some cagey bowlers. They've got a lot of T Twenty bowlers that you know can just jam it into the on the wickets there, and if it does a little bit, it causes some trouble. But all in all, they haven't got you know this sort of mystery spinner or someone which is going to rip a team apart. That's the only problem. But uh, having said that, they needed the Australia as good as Zampa's going. 
You know, it's just traditional leg spin, Nathan Lyon, not a massive wicket taker in one-day cricket. So similar to the West Indies, we've got a bit of, a few issues there as well. Got some power hitting, though, with Brathwaite and Holder in England. Yeah. They could lose wickets and still be a real I mean, you chance, add Russell into that. He just Sorry, came Russell. back in yes. to their 2020 games. He got the 2020 team the other day. So you had Russell, Braithwaite, Holder. They can all bowl well too, so it gives them actually a really good balance to their team. They may want to pick a couple extra batters or... They had to qualify. Um, well, that's how the thing... Oh, well, that's the thing. Uh, one thing about when you get players like the universal boss back is that other people jump on board as well. I mean, Dre people, people got to understand that there was there's a lot of issues over there, a lot of financial issues. They get paid absolutely jack rubbish, nothing to play for their country over there. So this T20 world, which has been presented, and Sunil Narayan, Andre Russell, Pollard, Gale, they're making big money. So you can't actually justify giving that up playing for your country. A four-day game. Yeah, it yeah. just doesn't make sense. So, um, you know, it's a tricky one. So I like the way Gale's come back. And he, they've been working on this for a bit of time. It's not like he's just decided, well, I'm going to play. But leading into a World Cup, they're dangerous. Dangerous, They mate. are dangerous. Uh, when, when you've got the Carlos Brathwaite, similar to that T20 World Cup they won. He came Stokesy. in at number eight or nine and just pumped three over the stand. And no, won. They had two balls to spare. <laughs> they needed 23. Uh, New Zealand versus Bangladesh. There was a couple of declarations. Um, New Zealand declared it six for 715 and the Bangladesh bowlers declared we don't want to bowl anymore. No, fair That's enough too. We're not, we want to go home. Um, Kane Williamson, how good, how much do you enjoy watching him bat? Oh, he's, he's probably in, my, in, oh, in all forms of cricket, I think, because um, he just does everything in such a conventional way. He plays good cricket shots, Oof. obviously in, in test cricket, but also in, in one day. He's made himself into a very good 2020 player. Um, and he's a great guy. So I had a bit of um, time with him when I he was the overseas player at Gloucestershire the year before I went, and he met a girl over there who I think he may be married to now. Ooh. So, uh, so he's actually... Um, he came back to Bristol yeah. uh, that following year and, and spent a bit of time with him and and lovely guy. Uh, Technically, I just love him. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we love him. There's no doubt. He reminds me a little bit of like yourself, Michael, in terms of yep. you know going from four day cricket to one day cricket, then then making a T20 career. He's done that himself. It's yeah. been amazing. Uh, now, what about uh, we'll get into the Sheffield Shield? Um, we're halfway through at, at the Victorian game, but I've still got to. We've got to pick who what we're going to pick. Western Australia beat South Australia by six wickets. New South Wales beat Queensland by 174 runs. Um, I'm picking my Shield eleven for this round, knowing that there's still a couple of days to go. Yep. Victoria. So my Shield eleven for this round is Marcus Harris, who punched out a 90. Daniel Hughes, who scored a 68. Yeah. Uh, Maddo, Nick Maddinson, three hundreds in a row for Victoria. Um, he's in rare form. This guy I like to see back in form. Moses Henriquez, 78 with the bat, but three for seven. He's bowling again. It's a double wow. threat for Mo. Yeah. Uh, Matty Wade. Yeah, 70 as a pure batsman. Again, he's on fire. Again, yeah. Josh Philippe, really like him. He scored 47 off 65 and then 57 off not out to win the game off 62 mm. balls. That was in a low-scoring game, apparently pretty green wicket. So two scores like that is a difference, I think. So Would you like was... to see more keepers in the Western Australian team? <laughs> a bit like Tassie. <laughs> There's uh, four. Four of them. If you, yep. can keep, if you include Cameron Bancroft, there's four at the moment. Yes. So. 
I think Adam Voge is having a tough, a tough time to, to work out who he wants to actually take the class. They can all just they keep all a session. Yeah. They can keep a session. Yeah, it'd be yeah. like under 12s. Yeah, I'll go to drinks, you have a go. Why Josh, not? Josh, do you want to? Yeah, yeah no keep worries. your energy levels have up. Have a bowl. That'd be awesome. Well, we just need have one of them to be like weighty and can actually bowl some overs and then sit <laughs> around. Oh, go on, pretty happy to face that dog shit, Maxie, surely. Come yeah, on. you would have coned that. <laughs> Seb Gotch keeping an, a 93, seven runs away from his first mm. um, 100. Sean Abbott, 5 for 31 to knock over Queensland for 89. Uh, Matty Kelly, 6 for. Really like the way that he goes He's about it. He's been impressive. A, there's a heap of Western Australian quicks that I like. Maxi? Um, he'd be a great. Um, any people in county cricket watching, I think uh, Get him. he'd be oh. a very good bowler in the yeah, UK yeah. Um, with with the juke balls, and he can also bowl very good death overs in, in one day. He's uh, just about yeah. taking on the best Yorker in Australia. Yeah. I'd imagine I he'd be a protected species, though. I don't think they'd let him go over there and Yeah, well, the way he's going, he's probably... Goffin and those guys. He's probably a chance to play Australia A as well. Yeah, no doubt. Going, so he was impressive he in the B- BBL. Really uh, impressive. Riley Meredith picked up four wickets against the Vicks. Good pace. And uh, the policeman. Mr. Feldman got yeah. five for. So that's my shield 11. What about for you, Bradley Hodge? From these uh, yeah. the results so far, who needs to keep their passport well, updated? For me, it's uh, Madison, in particular, Nick Madison. I think that he is an, oh, he's an absolute smoky, I reckon, for the Ashes. If he peels off another one, there's no reason why not. You've got to remember, he's a forgotten unit, this guy. He actually yep. played for his country a couple of years ago. So there's no reason why he can't come back into contention. I, 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 this is a remarkable turnaround because he was absolute dog shit in the Big Bash League for such a talented striker of the ball. He was shocking, and whether it was his arm that you and know, saw the one, and he got one last one. I didn't. I, I didn't have his passport updated last one. I went, oh god, now he gets three, mm. four. Where does that put him, Maxie? Yeah, well, I think. I would love to see him getting picked for Australia now rather than when he did. Because when he did, he got picked on potential. And um, and he, he wasn't scoring a big amount of runs. Unfortunately, now there's probably just not that spot available straight away. If you got Smith and Warner potentially coming in. But if there was, this is when you pick him. He's picked up 300. We love it. Yeah. We love it. There's two others that need to keep their passports updated. And I know they this are for the updated because they clean. are in India. But yeah. Maxwell and Stoinis in particular for me. Um, yeah. I'm a big advocate of uh, of Glenn Maxwell and also Stoinis has been in good touch. So for them, um, just keep make sure your passport doesn't run out after India or IPL. Keep it keep it up <laughs> sure, to date. I like yeah. it. I like it. Now, who uh, will be home watching their footy team? No ashes. Yeah, well, I still think for me, Jackson Bird, you might as well just park that up. There. <laughs> um, I uh, I think there's uh, far too many coming through. I, I, look. Um, I even like the fact that James Pattinson might even need to keep his passport up and ready. Uh, yeah, we're hearing good news I'm still, about his body. I'm still a fan of Trent Copeland. Make sure yes. his passport is is so in there. Uh, but um, of the aspiring ones, you've just picked on Birdie again. That's two weeks in a row. <laughs> I just uh, I think that unfortunately the damage is done there, and there's there's uh, you know even someone like Jason Berendorf I think might have to keep his passport ready. I'd take that punt more. On a Berendorf and a, a Jackson Bird Genuine left-arm swinger. The I'm other one sure I need to keep... fit enough. That's, that'll be his issue. He's certainly good enough, but whether he can get through a... That's been game. the problem, Maybe. hasn't it? 
And again, uh, no wickets, of course, but Steve O'Keefe, just make sure. I, look, I would have, I would have liked to see Steve O'Keefe on this one-day tour, actually, of uh, India. Well, um, he only bowled five overs, so you can't go backwards because no. he didn't bowl. But, you know, talking to Greg Shippard, his Sixers coach during the week, you know, big fan. Just yeah. so shrewd and smart. Mm. It's not a wow factor when you see the ball going down. He yeah. knows exactly what he's doing. He's consistently, over a long period of time, been the best spinner I've faced. Um, so why is that, Maxi? I think he's just, he's not a huge turner of the ball. He is at the SCG when it, when it helps yep. him in four-day cricket. Um, he's got me out of a fair few times over, over the years. But he's more, he, again, whether he means it or not, when some slide on, some, a bit like Shakib Alassane or someone like that, when he buys some slide, some turn, varies his pace. I think in the last few years, he's probably got a bit more attacking in 2020 cricket as well. He, throws them up a bit more, throws them up and wide, where he used to just try and bowl. Stump to stump. Yeah, quite quick. So he's um, he's certainly he's improved his skill, which is very good for someone in his 30s to keep working on and improving his oh, skill. So, second, uh, so there's your selectors. We're going to be great selectors together, I reckon, <laughs> Maxi, in the shortcoming future. So going on that, well, Nathan Well, update Lyons, your LinkedIn one. profile, both of you, oh. potential Australian selectors. Yeah, skills. I need to employ someone with some computer skills to do that. But <laughs> So, yeah, going on that, who's going to be your second spinner for the Ashes if we take one? Uh Dutchy Holland keeps getting wickets as well, um, so he's pop, he's one that you you think about when he's got selected for Australia. He probably hasn't performed as well as he would have liked. So someone like O'Keefe, it's it's certainly something to think about because he he can bat well. He got fifty the other week against uh, the Wacker. Um, mm. He's good in the he's field. He's a fighter. Yeah, uh, the other one and people don't is someone like a forward Armand. Like he's. Um, his leg spin bowling. I think he did. He retire from first class cricket the other day, or was it? I don't know. Uh, I think he did, didn't he? Yeah. No, I think he's still open. He's still oh, keeping his options open. Keeping... If they want a wicket taker, yeah. then it's 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 worthwhile. Leg spinners can be working in England, yeah. can't they? Mm, yeah. Um, what about the buff is back in the bash? Yep. Brisbane Heat coach. Yeah, well, that's a secret, which hasn't been a secret, has it, isn't it? Uh, I think he got that job about two and a half months ago, as soon as uh, Dan Vittori, uh, you know, was not coming back. I think Buff had been uh, casually working behind the scenes. I mean, he's a well-respected coach, isn't he? And it's not surprising he's been there in the past, and it's good for him to return. So, Maxi, so that's another, you know, Wade second didn't get the job. He's the Queensland coach. Are you more aligned with having um, separate bash coaches to the Shield coach and keeping it independent? Yeah. If you asked me a few years ago, I would have said that the way the Wacker did it with JL there and, and doing both. There's certainly some advantages there with that because you get um, consistency. consistency throughout. But you got to move with the times as well and the times have, have, have changed. And if, if people feel, for example, that there's a better 2020 coach out there who can fit into that group, um, and that's the the thinking of the, the hierarchy. Then I, I think there's no problem at all with going that way. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I think you got to move with the times, and yep. if if the best person is for both, um, then that's fine. But if you think there's someone who can bring in something different and add a bit of impact, then I think that's not well, a bad way the, to go. I think the T20 forward. coaches around the world are just getting more and more experience, aren't they? There's less less opportunity for oh, four-day experience well, because maxi, um, the seasons go so long. Let's just elaborate on it then. You played all around the world. What, what exactly do you get out of your T20 coaches? What do they offer? Uh, there's actually there's a lot of strategy involved. So people think a lot of people who don't understand T20 cricket actually go out and 
think people just go out and whack them and bowl them. But there's actually more than any other format, there's more strategy involved in, in 2020 cricket. So um, the head coach would oversee that and whether he does it himself or he, he relies on his bowling coach or batting coach to do it would differ in every, every um, big bash team. Um, I would assume that the head coach would very much be involved and oversee it. So mm. I think it needs to be someone who understands T20 cricket inside out who's been involved. And possibly um, that's maybe why, why the Brisbane Heat went for someone like Darren Lehman over a weight second because he's been he's coaching the IPL. He's had success with the Heat. Um, whereas Wade Second's been a fantastic coach. And from what I hear, everyone rates him really highly for Queensland, but maybe he hasn't had that. T20 experience that, that Buff has had. Um, now, we've got to this segment. This is the, the famous segment. This is the reason celebrities don't go on social media and promote as much. I notice you've been very, very quiet in the last 18 months too, Maxie, on your social media feeds because they'll get named and shamed. They'll get votes. And it is the Bradley Hodge Social Media Self-Promoter Award. Who are your nominees this week? Right, I've got some nominees. I'm going to start with the captain of the one-day side, Aaron Finch. And uh, it's just practicing some range hitting in Hyderabad yesterday. So he's actually got someone to actually film himself just oh. to hit some monster balls. Like... Finch, you haven't got any runs, mate. Just concentrate on batting. So no, not I'm... a photo of the course. Have a no, look at me hitting. Let's have a look at me oh. hitting. So uh, that's just a little one for that's Finch a free there. Hit too. Um, this one I've put in in particular because I've got no doubt that this is a contradiction of what his beliefs are. Shane Watson. It's been 14 years since I last visited Pakistan, a place with some of the most passionate fans in the world cricket. Can't wait to give it our best shot in bringing home the trophy with Kieta Gladiators. Fourteen years. Is Has it, he not gone for a holiday no. there or nothing? Well, if he loved it so much, he would have taken the family there for a tour around, wouldn't he? So <laughs> we know Watto, don't we? No, they're paying your wage. You'll get, that's the only reason you're going there, Watto. We know what you're on about, buddy. Um, and just it's just a photo of himself too, just raising the bat for oh, Keta like as well. I like him so, raising his bat. He's been good doing stuff. a lot um, recently. This one, and I'm glad he's back. And you yes. know why he gets back? is because as soon as he gets into the media world, uh, Kling, the pupster gets active. Yeah. So we know that. now. It's like Finchie with One Day Hundreds, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. He posts and he gets in good form, pup. So what I love is Michael Clark's posted this, and this is brilliant in his social media <laughs> skills. So it's got his daughter going home in what is uh, looks like first class, right? Yeah. Comfortable, ready to rock, fly safely, my princess, and I'll see you in a couple of days at Kylie Clark. Now, That's the thing okay, is, well, the thing is, it's posted on Michael's. So uh. if she's going home, he's not even on the plane. <laughs> so uh. you get it. So it's actually sheer brilliance from the pup star because he's obviously got his wife to send it to him. And then for him to post, post and then to thank the airlines for the uh, casual upgrade and that. We're <laughs> yeah. not fooled by that. Junk <laughs> uh, and just another one here, work time at, you know, Keith, blah, 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 at Ashish Nera, yeah. official Joe TV. Um, no need, pup. you got a job, <laughs> good stuff. This one again, we're talking about legends of the game. The great Sachin Tendulkar. Yeah. He was active again. Enjoyed a delicious meal at the iconic oh. restaurant Bukhara. You've been to Bukhara. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. is an iconic yeah, restaurant. Yeah. The tandoori cooked kebabs were simply mouth-watering. Hashtag sneak peek. 
He's bringing out his own restaurant again, I reckon. What do you have left a tip there? What do you have left a tip? I'm not, no. No point at all. (laughs) Um, Also, someone who is very dear to us on social media self-promotion, um, Max, is the great Kevin Peterson. Yeah. I saw that one. Um, <laughs> I signed this yesterday. What a day. People still carry this ticket around in their wallet. Name a better day in English sport. Monday, the 12th of September, 2005. Signed. He obviously got a ton in that uh, memorable Ashes <laughs> day, didn't he? So, um, yep, that's just all about yourself. But it was there, a KB. memorable day, but yeah, yeah. Well, it was memorable. There was other things to be no, memorable but we know about where that day. Um, this one is uh, someone who works with us at Channel Seven, Abby Jelmy. Whenever I fly home, I always find myself staring at this, thinking, "I can't believe I got to make you my home forever." See you soon at way overdue. It's a, just a huge, big diamond ring. She must be getting paid a shitload more money at Channel <laughs> Seven than we are if she's donning that. Oof. You know what I'm saying? Um, again, and then she's very active again. No, she's very active. When I started as a reporter, Ben was the anchor, and I was the, terrified of taking him stuffing up his scripts. Little did I know. Oh. Your hubbies. Like, that's really up He's there. a good man, Ben. He is. But he is. he's just gone to number two in the rankings. Exactly. Hasn't he? Well, that's, you don't want to go to number two in the That's family self-promotion. And, again, smile for the camera at the races. Oh, at seven At seven horse racing, style by at Susie Kander. Take your free dresses and off you pop back to Bondi there, Abby, I reckon. Um, this is, this is, we were searching for, uh, Elise Villani, who was on our, um, on our podcast yes, just before you got here, Maxie. Yeah. Uh, and it's Megan Schutt, actually. Uh, here's another one since Elise Villani felt left out. Hashtag my needy friend, hashtag third wheel. <laughs> so Elise is a bit crappy on social media. So Megan's had to bring her in to get her rolling. <laughs> So it's actually Elise being sneaky, getting on on Megan Schutt, who's more active. So who on gets votes ma- there? Both of them, or I think both. Yeah. Um, and then she was actually active, Elise Villani. I used to love under twelve Friday night cricket with at Plenty Power Cricket. Uh, as you can see, I also enjoy the Friday night picnic setup too. All players start at hashtag Grassroots Cricket, and I'm proud to be a part of the thirty million dollar investment. In the proving equipment and facilities around Australia, at Cricket Australia, at ACA oh. Players. <laughs> I didn't know you could use that many words in a post. I didn't even know she was an ambassador for yeah. Cricket Australia, <laughs> ACA, but we're on to Boom. where she is. And another one, uh, her captain, who, who I watched run out last Sunday, Meg Lanning. How good are the new fresh foam laser V2 from at New Balance at Rebel Stort? Hashtag fresh phone. How many hashtags? Four? My God, I've never seen any more New Balance promotion apart from Steve Smith, Meg Lanning. Was that Meg? Yeah. Okay. So that's, she hardly posts shit. Now look at her go now. She's gone all sharp. Amazing what a pair of free runners can do for your social media. (laughs) I've got a nomination. Um... And it's myself. Did you miss my Oh, life? I did get told Mine about your Mercedes-Benz something. Mine was bloody... shameful. But it was needed. Yeah. Park my car outside my house. And a, and a truck is doing their building house. Just smashed it. Oh, no. Just smashed it. Just there. So I replaced my car. No good. But I went to my mate Craig Howard, Mercedes-Benz. Uh, Waverly, is that more votes there? Yeah, it was a shameless <laughs> post. I apologise, but I needed the car. And Thanks, there's Howie. This, there's I'll, this, there's I'll give myself more. ten there. There's one more, and I, I just 
there's a collage of nine posts from Mitchell Johnson, and I can't oh. actually get all of them into the segment because because you know take, we can win it. It'll take fifty minutes. It's there's there's fifty percent off his store wide clearance. Yeah. There's clothing. There's him getting free rides in race cars. There's <laughs> there's him promoting uh, some form of. Uh, Running equipment, which is pretty shitty. How many votes do I give him? How many votes? Well, there it is right there. All nine posts I'm giving in, him in the space votes. of... Yeah, there it is. So It's brutal. So, Mike, I'll do this and then pose a question. So, Finchie 4? Yeah. Mate. Come on. Just take a photo of the, the golf. You're getting it for free. Yeah. Uh, what oh three? We know. Shame. <laughs> Pup, um, five votes. Sachin, four. I reckon that's first vote. Sneaky, isn't it? Yeah. But... But we know where you're going. KP, good to see you back. Five votes. Um, Abby, two, 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 six. Consistent. Abby's in the top ten. Mm. There you go. Mm. She's in the top ten social media self-promoter award. Um, shoot, Megan, two votes. Elise, four. Mm. Meg, is well, this a sign? Welcome. We, we spoke to Elise Villani that maybe she needed a mentor in Greg Norman to get her social media self-promoter posts yeah. up. Maybe she doesn't. Because right. that's blatant. Blatant. And, and, and the hashtags and the at New Balance, four votes. So Good skill. She might come mm. home hard. Ten votes for me. Blatant. But Shocking. I needed it. Yeah. Mitchell Johnson, 15 votes. I'm assuming he might have gone past the shark. <laughs> yeah. And the shark will be spewing. But we know what happened. The shark listens and he knows he hasn't polled a vote. He goes back. You watch him next week, Maxie. He will be <laughs> he will be naked on top of an aircraft somewhere. It'll be yeah. amazing to Great see. Great to be on at Qantas and he owns the Qantas plane. <laughs> yeah. That's the Social Media Self-Promoter Award. Hey, Maxie, uh, we're finishing up here, but one thing, a big segment here is the retro book review. And I go back and have a look at some books and, and do a review in, uh, obviously, in retrospective there. Uh, wanted to do your one, but I couldn't find your book. So <laughs> I nearly wrote one for you Maybe today. But what I'm going for is Wittisms. Oh, yes. Confessions of a Left Arm Quick, Mike Whitney. Uh, on the back, um, Whitney's book is perfect length and forces you to commit early. Gee, if only bold like that. Andrew Denton. Andrew Denton. So this was a real wow. 90s book. And Andrew, he always bold full, the big wit. But the chapter I'm going to read, so if you're at home right now, can you go to chapter 5, um, page 29, over and out. So they're in the West Indies. Um, they're losing wickets. Wit's batting 11. A 12th man comes up, you better hurry up, Wit, Merv's out. And uh, Wit goes, Merv's out, I didn't even know he was in. So he had to get all his pants on. So he went out to the middle. Thank God Booney was already 100, he said, so he didn't have to get him there. Booney wasn't looking at me. He was looking at the ground staff on the edge of the boundary, waiting to come on and work on the wicket. So it's not lasting long. Booney walks up to him, he says, just concentrate on the ball. Um, Patrick Patterson's only bowling seamers. Wit goes seamers, and Booney goes, well, fast seamers, really fast. <laughs> okay, I'm going to get hurt. This is Wit. Then he's facing up, and he hears Patrick, 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 and then he looks down at Booney, goes, is he on a hat trick? And Booney goes, yep. All right. <laughs> so Wit's going, concentrate, concentrate, concentrate. Um, he releases the ball. He ducks the ball thinking it's a bouncer. You would from Patrick Pants and mm. Patterson. It's a Yorker, right? So he never <laughs> gets bowled. So Viv and that are laughing. And he says, I saw the video on later that night. Greg Chappell, who was commentating for Channel 9, goes, I'm not quite sure why Mike Whitney was ducking a Yorker, says Greg. 
Patterson roared in again. I played this self-preservation jab at the ball to prevent it catching me on the chin. Fortunately, it hit the bat, and I called, yes! No one tried to prevent the single, but I still ran about 30 metres past the stumps at the bowler's <laughs> end, just in case Booney had thoughts of it too. <laughs> Very good from you, Wick. So he gets off strike. Then he gets his gloves off and he starts hearing laughter coming from behind me. I turn around and the bloke chuckling was Steve Bucknell, the umpire. And Wick goes, what are you laughing at? And Steve Bucknell goes, I've got some bad news for you, Mr. Whitney. So I'm not sure if that's North that's, Lancashire accent yeah, or that's, West that's Indian. nothing like West Indian. And Wick goes, what are you talking about? He goes, that's over. <laughs> <laughs> so he had to face the next up. That's Wittisms. A recommended retail po- price was $16.95. Maxie, if you get that for less than $1,695, mm. that is a bargain. Six balls out of six. Mike Whitney, Wittisms. You a fan? It's a classic. Classic. All right, that's it. Maxie, just before you go, though, you're over here for a week. Um, what are you doing with yourself? Yeah, I'm over here working at the Melbourne Footy Club. Uh, they were um, great in letting me come in and, and be part of their footy department for the week. And um, I've got today off, uh, two days out from every game. They, the department has day off, but I've been in since Monday, and it's been unbelievable. Are you with the admin? Are you with the coaches? What are you doing? Uh, a bit of both. So Josh Marnie's the the general, uh, the football manager there, so I've been doing a little bit with him, but also the coaches, and been able to go um, and be involved in their strategy sessions and their planning sessions and uh, chatted to the players yesterday, which was great. I was a yeah. Melbourne, Melbourne supporter growing up, so it was like a dream for Favourite player? Who was your favourite player growing up? Oh, growing up was Gary Lyon. Yeah, it was... Um, Gary, the era I was growing up was Gary Lyon, David Schwartz, Jimmy Stein, Sean White, those sort of guys. Hodges Melbourne were... as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who was yeah, your yeah. favourite? Oh, I used to, well, I love Tony Campbell actually, the pioneer of the glove, <laughs> you know. Um, doesn't get talked enough about, No, does it? the other 50 one, games before probably. that, even before the likes of Gary Lyon, that's Shane Zantuck, the yes. Fidge brothers, uh, some legends. Uh, oh, that'd, that'd be great fun, Max. I mean, going into that environment, just phenomenal to see. Yeah, so I'm predicting vibe, with uh, all the study that you've done, with the career you've got, that you want to stay in sport, cricket? Yeah. And, and admin coaching, does it bother uh, you? Do I'm, you have a feeling? I'm keeping my eyes uh, open for both. Uh, the sport management admin thing cer- certainly something I'm looking into and I, I love cricket coaching. I love being involved in that part of it as well. So um, I think over the next couple of months, the family will sort of start to make some decisions whether we stay in Perth or move back to Melbourne and, and see what opportunities are out there. Exploring opportunities. Yeah, Yeah, I've got to update LinkedIn, actually. I've been uh, a bit sluggish there, so um, we'll see. Well, they've they've opened up the Pat Howard's role. Did you see that? So hopefully you're both into that. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure me and Max will go and uh, give Belinda a nice cuddle and, you know, think that we're (laughs) the right people for the job. Uh, I think that's a little bit low for us, actually. I think we just need to go straight to the top. Yes. And we can do all roles. I think we should be on the board. We should also take Kevin Roberts' job and we'll have this shit sorted out in a quick flash. Well, that's the way we'll sum it up. Um, that's the end of the Bowlology Report. Elise Falani, thanks a lot. How good was she? She was great. What about having Maxie Klinger in here as well? What a Maxie, surprise. thanks for joining us. Thanks for having Good me. luck Thanks. for the rest of your cricket career over in the UK and no doubt we'll be hearing a lot more for, from you in the future. Thanks, Maxie. Thanks, Maxie. Cheers, Maxie. Cheers, Maxie. First test. So far today we've had five hours batting from England and already... They are not for North. Uh, Cowdery is not out North. Uh, Norton is not in. Not is- 
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.